I'm delighted to be back with you, Dreamer, on this new moon after a winter solstice time break. Only a short introduction today because I'm excited to share with you this conversation I had with Walter Berry. It was such fun for me, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Walter is sometimes called the Wizard of Oz, the A-W-E-S kind of Oz. He'll tell you in this episode what brought him into DreamWork and into incorporating drawing with DreamWork in particular. We talk about several examples of drawings he's seen from dreamers and the life-shifting and even life-saving insights that have come from those. And we get into what moves each of us so much about engaging with dreams. Walter has an MFA in theater arts, and he's a visual artist and lighting designer for films. He's a past board member for the International Association for the Study of Dreams, IASD, and he offers workshops internationally, hosts dream groups, and you can hear from him on radio shows and find his writing in several publications. So I'm very happy to have him here on the podcast, and without further ado, share this conversation with you. You're listening to the Dreamer's Den podcast. I'm your host, Leilani Navar. I'm here along with guest dream workers, authors, and teachers to talk about diving deep into your dreams. We're skipping the small talk and going for conversations about what matters most to us, what's touching us so deeply that it shows up in our dreams, in one form or another. We talk about engaging with dreams to experience insight, inspiration, healing, and meaningful connection with one another. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can catch all these conversations. Visit thedreamersden.org slash open for a free video and mini book I put together to help you learn more about opening up or deepening your own relationship with your dreams. Welcome, Walter. Thank you for joining me on the Dreamers Den podcast. Oh, I'm glad to be here. (laughs) So I'd love to ask you first, how did you realize that dreams really mattered to you? It's an interesting story. Um, I was um, years ago, uh, back in about 2000 or something, I was um, I, I, I was in kind of a bad place. Like many of us are, I'd gone through a divorce and had left the Mormon church and stuff. And uh, I, you know, I was kind of in, in therapy and, the, and the, you know, my therapist said, well, you should record your dreams. I went, All right, whatever. So I record this one dream in which my brother is caught with his hand in the till is what my mom tells me on the, in the dream. My mom says, your brother's been caught with his hand in the till. He's been stealing money and all this kind of stuff. Anyway. Okay. So I write, write down this dream in my journal and two, and I think, well, okay, this is weird. Why, what, what, I don't know what it's all about, but anyway, so I, two weeks later, my mom calls up and says, your brother's been caught with his hand in the till. Oh, wow. And I said, excuse me. <laughs> Hold on. So I actually, Went over to my, you know, my journal with all the, you know, with the, the angst that I was going through at the time. And I've got the dream here. And I actually, it became an actual dialogue. I said, how much money are we talking about? And she responds, about $3,000. And that's exactly what was written on the page. It's wow. like, this is weird. So, I mean, this is unusual for me. I have had a few precognitive dreams, but uh, so I went, okay, 
I don't know what's going on here, but this dream stuff has got to have some importance. So, <laughs> so I, um, my therapist said, well, they do this dream stuff at Esalen up in, you know, Northern California and, or, you know, and I went, so I, so I, I went to Esalen and uh, met Jeremy Taylor, you know, the, mm-hmm. the famous uh, dream worker. And uh, from there on, it's been uh, just a joyous ride from there, you know, ever since. Wow. That's an incredible precognitive dream. It amazes me that the dialogue even was specific. I, you know, I was, I, yeah. would, I was thunderstruck by it. I mean, yeah. the dream didn't have significance in the sense of like, oh, it taught me how to like, I'm, I know the numbers of the lottery or anything like that. It, it was just yeah. a simple dream, but it, what it brought, it brought me to dreaming. It brought me to understanding dreaming. So I wonder, it's kind of pretty rare in my experience to have a dream like that, where it grabs you in such a blatant way. This matters. This is significant, you know, in, in the precognitive or something that gives a message like that. And I'm wondering yeah. if there was any transition for you or if it felt pretty smooth going from being grabbed by that to caring about the more mundane dreams. Or maybe the more, let's say, more everyday common types of dreams. Yeah, I, well, that's interesting because I mean, it's that's where Jeremy Taylor came in is because he said, you know, all dreams come in the service of uh, health and wholeness, right? And I went, oh, well, I can't be true, but you know, but then you start dealing with them, and no, I and I still think <laughs> that not every dream is 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 uh, is earth shattering, but an awful lot of them are. I mean, you know, I've done a lot of work in this. I've done yeah. thousands of dreams. So it's, it's, but it's, it, you know, it is, they are, they're powerful messages from the unconscious. And if they, yeah. and sometimes, you know, even if we don't remember our dreams, they're still working on us. They're still doing stuff without us even knowing it. I, I'm sure of it. Um, yeah. Because they've shown you scientifically, they've shown that, you know, that you can't go without dreams, but it's, it's, it was a, a journey for me to try to figure out where do I fit in with this and what do I do with this stuff? And, you know, it was, it, it was very exciting, but also, you know, tentative because I, you know, it, like anything else, it's like learning a new language. It was really, really difficult for a while. Yeah. I also got deeper into dream work through Jeremy Taylor. And for me, that phrase, all dreams come in the service of health and wholeness was liberating. I felt like it gives me permission to care about each and every dream, which I always kind of thought they were fascinating, Mm -hmm. but had the conditioning to think, well, they probably don't matter. And his saying Mm -hmm. that felt like, okay, well, maybe they do. I'm just going to dive in as deep as they'll go. And like you say, most of them have something powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, if it, it, if nothing else, it's just a wonderful chance to talk to people about their souls and their yeah. and their beings and what goes on with them. It's just, it doesn't even matter if the dream has any real, you know, I, we, I work dreams where we haven't figured a thing out, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but it doesn't matter because you've exposed or brought something to the surface. And that's all that matters. I'm seeing into my, my thing is it's, it's a bit of voyeurism actually, I think mm-hmm. is that I get to see inside the real soul of people because not only just the dream itself, but also how they respond to it and how they respond to how I respond to it. It's like, there's, it's, 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 there's something going on when you work with a dream, you know, when you, somebody tells your dream and you play with it or you, you say something, it doesn't matter. It, something's going on. It, there's, it's a wonderful, whatever it is, it's always good. It's always yeah. good. 
Oh, I'm completely with you there. I, I sometimes say the conversation just drops into a deeper level. As soon as we're talking about the dream, whether or not we draw any conclusions from it, yeah, it's exactly. we're connecting on something that is a little deeper than the obvious and the surface and the scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bringing up what's seen, I want to talk about drawing. I know that drawing is a big part of how you work with dreams. And so that is very much about bringing the unseen into a visual form. Yes, yes. yes. Can you uh, talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Oh, I, I could talk too much about that. So did you write a book about that maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. It's called Drawn Into the Dream, playing on the word drawn, of course. It, it's uh, it's about to be published. I'm just, I'm struggling with the publishing part of it. It's all, the book is finished. In any case, what I found is that uh, when you draw the dream, what I, and basically I have people, it doesn't matter what they draw, because people are afraid of drawing. A lot of people are. And because uh, they're, they're still stuck in their five-year-old self that, you know, used to draw really well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's like, it doesn't matter. I said, you know, make it stick figures, make it, you know, put a word up there, wisdom, you know, that the, the, somebody says wisdom in the dream book, well, put that on there on the piece of paper, whatever it is, make some sort of, you know, map or some sense of what it is that the, that the dream is trying to say to you, like, you know, there are two guys walking up you know, a mountain and a snake appears and the sun is shining. And so you just draw those things, even with just stick figures. But what happens is when you do that, what you've done actually, and it's, this is not crazy maybe, but you've actually brought the dream to life. There's a way that the, the visual, uh, uh, visual p- uh, uh, depiction of the dream brings it to life especially what we do is in a group is i put it up like i I run a virtual group now because you can't do with the covid uh i put it up on the screen and you have the little pieces of everybody's little face on the side but it's the actual drawing that is becomes the focus of the work and things and it doesn't have to be it can be terrible it can be an awful drawing but it doesn't matter it's 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 representing the the dream and stuff happens. People say, well, why did you make his face red? And they'll go, oh, I wonder if this is about my embarrassment about this whole thing or something. There's there's things that happen when people draw stuff and sometimes things appear on the screen that you have no idea about, you know, that, that the unconscious drew itself. I mean, there's it's amazing, but basically I could go way into this, but it's, there's there's a whole thing where the dream presents itself and it becomes alive. The actual image becomes alive in a way. That's so exciting. And everybody gets to have the same image, which we don't have when we just listen to a dream. We don't know what we're seeing compared to what the dreamer is seeing. Right. Do you have any more examples like that? Like the red face or another, another thing? Oh, there's, there's a, a, um, one that's in, that I put in my book is a really kind of almost humorous one. This woman has a dream in which she uh, travels. She's in a submarine. She gets out of the submarine. She goes across the desert and, and the mountains on either side. And she gets up to the place where her home is. And it's, it's surrounded by, there's two, uh, um, compounds that she lives in one on the right, one on the left. And they're both surrounded by uh, barbed wire. Okay. And she's really angry because her, everybody knows the code, how to get into the, the compounds, you know, and that's pretty much the dream. But when she drew it, um, I can send it to you later if you want to the picture of it. It's hilarious because, yeah. like, at, at the bottom, it's a it, the submarine looks like a penis. To tell you the truth, and then the middle part where the where the uh, the body it looks like a body, and then at the top 
the two compounds surround the the the, the uh, barbed wire around them. It and there are two nipples actually. It's two breasts, and it's so obvious. It's a body. I mean, she yeah. drew a body, a female body with a penis. You know, <laughs> so, and we're we're all looking at it, going, we know exactly what this is. And then, she, but and she finally goes, oh, oh my <laughs> god, those are my breasts. No, they're my mother's breasts. Oh my God, this is all. And it became a dream about nurturing and how mm -hmm. she has locked out people of, of nurturing her in her life. And I mean, the dream, I mean, you know, so that was a big clue. I mean, the, the dream didn't seem to be about that at all. But it, as soon as she hit that, it really hit her strong. She was crying. We had a, it was a wonderful session. People projected mm -hmm. all over it. But basically, there were her breasts that, she, that the unconscious drew, yeah. <laughs> you know, surrounded by barbed wire. Yeah, That's terrific. Wow. What an image. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm often, because of my work in acupuncture, and I feel so connected to the body as a landscape. Yes. And yeah. so I've seen that as well with dreamers drawing their dream. And of course I'm projecting from my own perspective, but I look at it and I say, I can't help but see a body there. I see yes. the, I see the spine. I see two very specific places on the spine that are being highlighted here. Or, you know, I see two legs and the, the acupuncture points even on the legs will sometimes show up when there's the visual in that way. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you seen the body other, other times too? Oh yeah, many times. The um, uh, there's another one in the book that I put in that it's uh, this woman who had uh, in waking life she experienced this horrible trauma. It's the it was a shooting at Santa Monica College and she was involved in it. She was actually shot in a uh, with a wild crazy gunman that they killed. She was actually shot in the process. So she she lived with a a great deal of trauma surrounding that. So she drew this this wonderful dream again, I can send you the picture if you like, but she had uh, this wonderful dream where she's talking to this guru and she's trying to pick up this stone that the guru is trying to give her. And the guru's body is, has this beautiful red dress and, and, and a crown, all that kind of stuff. And, and she is a stick figure, but with a full face, like a, you know, a really well-drawn face and then just a stick figure. And it's like, Oh, you know, I said, well, this, it feels like, you know, and they look like sisters, these two characters in the, in the drawing. And so what it really, what it said to me was about her, in a sense, being all in her head. Do you know what I mean? It was all about her head. She was denying her body, her whole, her whole body. It was almost like not being present with the body. And that struck a real chord with her. And so I had her actually draw on her body, instead of just a stick figure, she filled it out. She made this beautiful heart with a diamond next to it and a crown on her head and the beautiful red dress flowing and stuff like that. And it really helped her to actually, in a sense, be in touch with her body, to, to really do it a visual representation of actually honoring my body and saying, I have this wonderful self. It was, it was really very, very empowering for her. Beautiful. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like good medicine right there active yeah. imagination medicine yeah 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 it's good stuff <laughs> how did you get into doing this having people draw their dreams in the group oh well it's interesting because um actually it's um it started with somebody who told me an absolutely impossible dream it was uh 
Uncle Mary is out with Uncle Tom and they're in the roof and there are two uh, porcupines in the basement and there, then there's this sheriff who arrests them, but he shoots one of the bears and the bears fall over, but they become the porcupines because nobody's doing the wash. And it's like that. Wow. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you ever encountered a dream like that. I go, oh, she's what do I do with this? So I said, can you tell me the dream again? They told me the dream again, but now the porcupines became bears and the bears became uh, people and the and there was a fairy floating. Th- and it's like, every time she told the dream, it changed a little bit, you know? It's like, I can't hold on to this. So I, it was, I, I mean, this is an in-person meeting with somebody. It was a one-on-one client. And I said, so I actually went like, I don't know what to do here. I said, um, I pulled a piece of, of paper out of the trash. And I said, could you just draw it? You know, just draw it because... I'm a visual person. I need to see what this is about. And she drew the dream. And suddenly now we had this, these, the, the, the porcupines were inside of little washing machines. The bears were going along on a, on a path. The guy was shooting somebody that now it became, now we could work the dream. Now we could work the dream. Now I understood it was about, it was about her, uh, the, 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 the guy coming down the stairs had this horrible face. And it turned out to be when we worked the dream, it was about her father who had been mean to her. It was a really, it was about facing the, the traumas of her, of her childhood about her father being so mean. And, but I didn't, I had, when she drew that mean face on Uncle Billy, who turned out really to be her dad, it, it really paid out and played out and, and was uh, very informative about that. So she, you know, again, that's, so that's how I, I thought, oh, I, I was stuck and now this made it okay. So I thought, uh, maybe I'll try this with a group. And I thought when I was doing it, I thought, nah, it's maybe a bad idea because it's sort of like when, you know, like when they have a really good book you've read and they turn it into a movie and it's a piece of crap, you know? I know just what you mean. Yeah. yeah it's like, oh my God, you know, it's just, this is terrible. Well, I yeah. thought the same thing would happen, but it has never happened in, in, in so far. I mean, they're just, there's something about it that it's just, it, it, we're connected to the dream world and p- things flow as we go. It, it really, it's worked. It, it is, it's a tremendous tool that, to use to do that. It also does this thing where it focuses it off of the person as much as like, I'm sure when you work, you know, Jeremy Dream Groups or Omen Method or anything else, there's a way that you kind of try to ignore the dreamer for a while when you're doing the work. You know, you kind of like don't like make eye contact and we do the, thing if this were my dream we try to get but what happens is that even if you're doing that you're looking at the person and it's a it's a for my money it's about talk you know it's it is and it's really valuable it's really good but if you can focus if if my now my focus while i'm talking is on the picture of the dream it takes it off the focus of the dreamer it opens it up so that the i mean the the world the unconscious opens and brings itself into the room it's it's tremendous it's it's absolutely stupendous what happens with that. You know, I I run a, I just had a dream group last night. There were about 14 people online with us and and they start projecting on this thing based on the picture and the, the work that just got done was just beautiful. I mean, people, it was just beautiful. It's just, I just love this work. I, it's just, it's what life is about. Life is about empathy. It's about how we care about other people. And this is one way to do it, you know? Definitely. And it's a way to really hear each other and get into that. Well, like you say, empathy, experiencing a bit of what someone else is experiencing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fascinating to hear you say that moving the dreamer a little bit more helps. 
mm-hmm. almost helps connect with what they're bringing. You know, I, it never ceases to amaze me how many ways there are to engage with a dream and have something significant happen. I want to watch the dreamer's body language. I want to hear the changes in the tone of the dreamer's voice. Mm-hmm. I want to ask them, you know, how they feel this and how they want to move. And it's, it becomes really powerful in that direction also. And you're, I'm visualizing, I, I should draw this for you. Maybe it would reveal lots more, but I'm visualizing this kind of up and out opening with what you're doing with the drawing where it, it um, comes up and then spreads out into everybody's imagination and everybody's unconscious into the, in a shared way. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a dynamic community when that happens. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's astounding. And I guess it's re- the reason I do it so much is that I get so much out of it. I mean, it's, it's, it's the person's dream. They're the final you know, uh, verdict that happens on this thing, but it's, I get so much out of it. Oh my gosh, you know, I get so much out of it. I learn stuff about my own life and my own projections and things. It's it's so incredible. It's so incredible. So when you do the visual work, do you ever run into people, like you said, you know, when they were five, maybe they drew and then they got discouraged, but people on either end of that who feel like they're very skilled with depicting things visually and people who think they can't do it at all, like, does this seem to work differently for people in terms of their their drawing skill or their affinity for for that yeah it it, it varies all over the over all over the place the um again another example i do in the book i actually had there's a a, a an artist who, is, who uh, comes to my dream group sometimes and she is uh i mean actually she makes a living doing art she's actually a very creative wonderful really really well-respected artist and uh she drew this picture, and this is a good example of, of what happens when you draw it. And she can draw these things really well. So it, it's a, the simple dream is she's at with her ex-husband and her two really close spiritual friends. And they, there's a ride that they want to go on, which is this stick stuck in the ocean. And you, you get on a seat and it throws you up in the air and it comes back down again. And she's afraid to go on this ride and she gets talked into it. So uh, they go up on the ride and they come down and everything's fine. Pretty simple dream, you know, okay. Well, when she drew it, it this is also in the book, the, uh, at the left-hand side of the drawing, there's all the four people, they're talking and everything else like that. And there's uh, on these seats, and it's really beautifully drawn. And then at the top, there's, there's the four seats and, the, and, 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 and then at the bottom on the right, there's the four people again there. But at the top, right in the middle, there are four seats, but three people. She forgot, forgot, so to speak, to draw in her ex-husband, you know? He was not at the top there. His seat was there, but, and I said, do you notice that? He goes, no, I completely, she was astounded that she had not drawn her own ex-husband in that picture, because it was there. So it's like, then it becomes a part where, in a sense, I think, the unconscious had her intentionally not draw that. And, and that's what it's about. The dream became about what is my relationship to my ex? I thought it was really good. And, but there's a part at the top of this ride where he is actually not present, which is a good thing. So, the, you know, again, it's, 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 so she has tremendous skills as an artist, but luckily the, the unconscious took over for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. So it's not about really the the visual um, piece of art, but what we notice that's, you know, either there or not there, maybe that we didn't. Yeah, exactly. 
and, it, and it's also how you use the space. It's like, uh, I've had people draw, uh, you know, uh, draw where they, and, and, you know, just stick figures and stuff like that. And there's this all around it. They had like four scenes around the edges and the center was just empty. And I went, that's kind of weird, you know, because uh, why did you leave the center empty? Oh, it's just empty. And I went, oh, okay. And as they reacted and as I watched their body, you know, their mm -hmm. body's tensing up going, I went, okay. And I asked again, they said, well, all right, that's the part that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> so then we talked about it. So, yeah. it, you know, so the, the drawing itself it can express things, you know, with any, sometimes it's the, the fact that the, when you, you, they draw four stick figures and the giant one is the little brother, you know, uh, and that, of course, that, you know, that's, you know, well, what about the little brother? Why is he so much in your life or something like that? So there's, there's just, it, it's just such an ad to doing the work. It's, it doesn't replace uh, all the work that you and I do with this stuff, but it's just, it's an ad. It really, really brings in a new, new element. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's something that's almost like when we're working a dream alone, you know, because yeah. I, for example, have far more dreams than I could share with people and really spend time on each one. Right. But oh, yeah. Yeah. if drawing reveals something that I was not aware of, yeah. It's almost like having another perspective on the dream. Yeah, absolutely. I, I draw almost all my dreams, you know, as many as I can. And uh, I, you know, what, what's funny is that I don't learn so much until somebody else looks at it <laughs> and says, why did you draw it this way? And, you know, you're sort of, you know, blind uh, to your own uh, creation sometimes. And other times you just go, oh, okay, I'm, I see what's going on here. You know, so it, it's another added piece of, of understanding dreams, you know. Do you have any advice for individual dreamers or people in group dream work situations if we want to start incorporating drawing into that? Yeah, I think that it's, 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 it's pretty simple. Uh, I, I think that what it is, it's about really allowing yourself just to put marks down on the paper, whatever they are. It, my thought is, when you, if you want to take it, if you want to draw your dream, just draw the things that you could think of visually that are about there. Like, you know, it's like there are two people. So I'm going to draw two people and there's a body of water, which I don't even know it's an ocean. Okay. But you draw a little circle with blue in it or whatever it is like that. And you just, you just get the elements down of that and then allow yourself to be free with it. You know, like, oh, now I want to make that the, you know, um, I want to make that the more blue. I want more blue. I want more blue. You know, if you go with your emotions, you go with your feeling after you've gotten the basic marks down. You can, it, it, if you can, I mean, it's a little weird to say, but it's just, it's kind of, you just, you, you become yourself while you're drawing it. If you can actually be honest with, with what it is and not care about what the marks look like, you know, it's, it, that's the most important thing because it, it will, it'll, it'll teach you something, I think. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah, that's great. I like the encouragement to be a little bit free with it. I can definitely see myself trying too hard to make it look accurate, but yeah. being a little more free with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back to something you said a little while ago about how you personally get so much out of doing dream work with other people's dreams and their drawings. Yeah. yeah. And 
I wonder if we could explore that a little bit more because I think that's that's really at the heart of why I keep doing it too. It feels so like such rich communication and getting to a deeper level with myself and with the people I'm talking to. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what's that like for you? It, it's it's like um, somebody was telling a dream uh, about this Black Panther and that they became the Black Panther and they were hunting. And they're and they're, they're and they're slithering down the side of this dark mountain, and they're going and they're looking for the prey, and they don't know where it is, and they ooh they smell it, they feel. It. And as she's telling this dream, I'm I sort of became this Black Panther, you know. It's like I, I get inside of that. Like there, there was a way that she was telling the story, the way that the feel of the moving of the body, you know the. The, the, the undulation and stuff that she was describing. And I, could, I was watching her body and she was sort of moving like the Black Panther. And I found myself sort of moving like the Black Panther too. <laughs> and, and then what happens is in that place, it's like, I'm going, you know what? I mean, just for my own self, I'm, I'm sort of out of touch with my body these days. I'm, this is a really good way to do that, to be a Black Panther, to be in touch with your body and move like that. It sounds silly, but it was like, I got a sense of like, looking at the, the body aspect of it, the somatic piece of it, you know, where you, your, your body plays a huge role in this stuff. And I ignore it a lot, you know, or at least I have. Does that make any sense? Definitely. Yeah. It doesn't sound silly to me at all. I'm now I want to go be a black Panther. <laughs> sounds, sounds yeah. Great. Yeah. You know, but there's, there's, there, I mean, cause I'm, you probably know more, a lot more about this than I do, but the body has such a, thing to play here and it, it knows stuff and it, and it there's a way that if I if I can connect with my body and my soul at the same time and the drawing visual I'm in heaven here you know <laughs> yeah all connected yeah I mean yeah, yeah. this is reminding me of a conversation I had with Melissa Grace she was my guest on the first episode of the podcast and we were talking about the shadow and I had this image of how, you know, as soon as the light hits any part of us, there is a shadow. It's not like we can ever illuminate everything all at once, but if we can keep turning and getting different angles, you know, nothing lives all the time in the mm -hmm. shadow and li or lives all the time in the light. And oh. mm -hmm. when you say, I, I'm, you know, have spent a lot of time not in my body and this person uh, described being a panther and it gives me a chance to feel what it's like to be a panther. Like we need other people. This happens to me all the time. They'll be talking about some aspect of their life. And I don't really think about that aspect of my life, you know, but because yeah. they, because I'm, I'm in just trying to hear them and understand them and imagine this dream, that part of my life comes into the light for a minute. Oh yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. It's, it's, it, and, and when you come in contact with it, what happens usually is that the person now that you're talking to, it reflects back on them. They go, Oh, and they learn something too, from what you learned from them. It's, you know, it's endless. <laughs> it's endless. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Well, while we still have a little time, I wonder if you have any more examples. I'm just loving all the stories you have and uh -huh. images in your, in your, I don't want to spoil the whole book. So, no, you know, no, you don't have okay. to give anything okay. away, but. Well, here, here's a good story. This is a, a, a kind of a big one. There's a, a woman in my dream group. Her name is Deb and she, she's, she's allowed me to talk about her experience. She's really fine with this. So one of the rare times when I, 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 you know, act to say who it is. 
Uh-huh. She, she came to us uh, with the dream in which um, it was a very complex dream with seals and, and ocean fronts and all kinds of stores and things. But the one aspect of it that were really stood out was she in during the dream, she walks in, she, she walks in the shoes of her husband, of her dead husband. And there are these giant, you know, uh, hiking books with red laces. And, and all through the, the dream, it was like, you know, and she drew it and there's those boots and I'm going, there's something about this that's just, you know, intuit- intuitively something's going on here. I could feel the inner body when she talks about it. There's just something. So I said, well, you know, if you're walking in the boots of your dead husband, what, what did he die of? And, and it turned out that he died of glossoblastema. I, I, can't, I can't say the word right. The one, the, the brain cancer that John McCain died from. And, the glioblastoma. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, for some reason, I can't get that word in my head. It's a good twisty word. Thank you. So he, 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 uh, he had died of that almost three years to the day uh, when she had this dream. So I said, you know, and I, and I thought, and I was such a fun dream that I didn't want to bring up anything about like, you should have your check, stuff checked out. But the body, I, the body knows before we do what's going on. And sometimes it comes out in our dreams. And that's when, you know, Jeremy Taylor always talks about that. There's always a medical piece to a dream. So I went, I said, you know, you might want to think about like maybe having that looked at because if if he died of three years ago and you're walking in his shoes during this whole dream, I, I, you know, I, I would want to just have that checked out. She goes, ah, nah, nah, it's okay. Whatever. (laughs) All right. Two weeks later, she has these horrible headaches and I mean, really migraine, terrible, unbelievable. She goes to the doctor. The doctor says, well, you know, take some medication, take some this. She goes, she says, you know what? I, I had a dream and I worked it with this guy and we, we talked about walking in the shoes of my dead husband who died of, of brain cancer. And he goes, I believe in dreams. I mean, what doctor believes in dreams? Uh, sorry, didn't, <laughs> I mean to be rude, but yeah, not many. She's that's awesome that she was talking to someone who was receptive. I know. So he goes, sure, let's do an MRI. They do an MRI and they find the tumor. They find the brain, the cancerous brain tumor, and right away. And she had to have her you know skull cut open, and it was a huge you know um, surgery. And they removed it, and um, and they would they had not seen it. They they went you know they did a you know they did a cast scan so like but I get whatever the one there's one that's deeper, and uh, they they discovered it. They removed it, and um, the survival rate of of people who have that type of cancer, as you probably know, is extremely low. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she now has seven years since that happened. It's been seven years, and she's still alive and has a clean slate of, of health because she listened to her dream. Her dream saved her life. Because they, I mean, people die, I think she's in the 99th percentile. Well, it's only 1% of people in her age group uh, survive past five years or something, I believe. So in any case, it's, it's one of those stories where, you know, Amazing. where the dream and sort of an intuitive thing that went on in the group and the drawing because of those red shoelaces and stuff like that, all of that led together with this sense of something that, you know, that the body was trying to say something and, and there it was, there it was, it, it saved her life. You know, I mean, it's a rare instance where a dream saves somebody's life, but this one does. Yeah. This one did. 
That's incredible. Yeah, it's a good story. <laughs> I think something I'm really liking about that story is that she was not going to go get checked just because of the dream. Right. But then when there was one more nudge, she did. And yes, I think, I mean, this happens not just with dreams, but with, with symptoms, my own and my patient's symptoms. And oh. there's the question of how seriously do I take this one? And do I go get some diagnostic imaging done or do I wait and see, you know, there's always a judgment call about that. And right. sometimes I worry if a dream suggests it and then, you know, I'm not sure whether to ignore it or take it literally or take the health angle, right? And so I like the sort of reassurance that if it's really important, not only will it come back again in the dream, but there's another opportunity in waking life to say, ah, you know what? that does matter, you know, and that she was gonna, she was gonna let it go, but then the dream in combination with yes. the symptom and the doctor brought it together. Exactly. So, and cause I think that's what it's about. It's about, in a sense, it's an inexact science, what we do. It's not, it's, it's when we project all over it, people are projecting all kinds of things on that dream, but that was the one piece that stuck with her, you know, mm -hmm. it's one piece that stuck with me really strongly too, mm -hmm. but and a lot of times I'll have dreams where people will have cancer in dreams and stuff like that. And it turns out it's not, it's not about that. It's actually some sort of mental thing or some kind of thing from the past. And because they even have themselves checked out and it's not there. So it doesn't always, it doesn't always mean that if that's, it is difficult. It is, you know, this is an inexact science with, you know, a lot of intuitive things going on and a lot of, you know, back and forth. I would imagine in your work, you have the same thing where it's, uh, you know, you have to, I don't know, boy, I would, I, that would be really difficult for what I think what you would do is like, it's discerning where, what path to take and what to do, I guess, but that's. A, <laughs> that, yeah, well, yeah. you know, there's certain things, it's just a gradient. There are certain things that are obviously, this is a red flag. I know, I know you need to go to a hospital right now, or I strongly encourage you to get this checked out okay. in the next month or so. Right. But then mm -hmm. there's the whole, there's the whole um, gradient to where the things that I'm very comfortable saying, let's see what happens and the things in the middle. And so I think with the dreams being, like you said, there can be projections from all different angles. And they of course are, have to be owned by the person doing the projection, but then there's the, the landing of the aha and there's the aha moment that can come later. I guess that's the other thing I like about that story is she had her aha in the doctor's office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it often happens like that. Uh, and, you know, and that that's what's another piece of the drawing is the fact that a lot of the times people have these drawings and they put them on their fridge or they have them somewhere around the house and it reminds them about it when, you know, when things happen in the next week or the next two weeks or three weeks from there. It's, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a, it's an amazing thing. There's also um, a friend of mine, uh, do you know, Bambi, uh, Bambi Corsco, uh, she's, uh, she's writing a book called Dream Tracking. She does a wonderful thing where she she tracks people's dreams, you know, like, it's like, oh, there was a bear in this dream and there's a bear in this dream and there's uh -huh. a bear in this dream. Yeah. Uh, well, they're related. So there's a, you know, that's, that's a tremendous way to work too. I mean, because dreams are not just one off. Just, I would imagine like with your clients, with their bodies, it's not just about having one acupuncture extension. Right. It's about the combination of things. It's like on and on and on. You try to develop some kind of sense of it. And it's, you know, things happen in our dreams, even without drawing them. It's like, there are things that appear again and again to try to talk to us in a different way about 
this cancer or in our brain or about this problem with our mother or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Woo. Yeah. All right. Well, wonderful. This was fascinating. I do want to see um, those pictures if you want to share them. And I'm looking forward to your book. I'll I'll link to your website um, and then people can maybe keep up with when that's available. Yeah. Yeah. It's at drawnintothedream.com. Hopefully this will come out soon, but I, I love doing this work and anytime you want to talk or anything else, and it's, it's a wonderful pleasure to be with you. Terrific. And if anyone's interested in joining one of your dream groups, can they find that on the same site? Yeah, they could probably, yeah, they can uh, go to that site and sign up there and I will uh, find a way to get it through to them. <laughs> okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Walter. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening today. If you want to see some of those drawings Walter described, he did send them to me after our conversation and I've added them to the show notes for this episode at thedreamersden.org 20. That's thedreamersden.org 20. So go have a look at those and I would love it if you'd leave a comment and let me know what you thought about this conversation and are you going to draw a dream now? Have you already drawn your dreams? Walter's stories have really encouraged me to start drawing more of my dreams, and I love his advice to go ahead and be free with the drawing and the process of drawing. So thank you again for listening. I'll be back on the full moon. Until then, wishing you deep dreams.